I'm Kevin Cheedy, and you're listening to the Not Bitter Just Better podcast. This is the Not Bitter Just Better podcast. The Everton Hour, straight, straight from, from the street, street end. end. And welcome to the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Week four, would you, Adam and Eva? Mr. Johnny Seven here with Mark Mack. Yeah, and I've got to start this podcast with a little bit of breaking news. I don't even think you know this yet, Johnny, but um, a Barcelona podcast has just come in and offered me 80 million quid to move over there. So it might not be a fifth week, don't know. Well, a couple of I'm days to make fl- me decision. I'm going to flat out reject it. Uh, well, I'm just going to down tools then. I'm just not going to say anything. All podcast. I'm going to force sure? me move. Are you sure this might not be just uh, a little bit of news that's been put out there to make Everton fans excited that we're not signing anymore, but we're managing to keep hold of Richarlison, like our mate Paul suggested on Facebook about half an hour ago? Now, somebody Spanish definitely phoned me a minute ago. I said, offered me everything. Said, you don't even ask. New headphones. The works, honestly. So, me head New headphones. New headphones. Yeah, same yeah. I'll see you later, lad. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got no game to reflect on, Mark. So, that's at the end of the podcast already. Yeah. Oh, it was. Do you know what? I did my best to try and get into the FA Cup at the weekend, but I just couldn't do it. You know, even I was sat there, even watching Liverpool's struggle against Shrewsbury usually that would like you know that would be like manna from heaven but I, I just sat there thinking yeah but it's just Liverpool kids oh yeah and these are the ones that knocked us out and it was, it was just it was a hard watch wasn't it well, um, I, didn't, but, I didn't watch it I, I caught the last couple of minutes which obviously wasn't as hard a watch because it was too all uh, so that was all right, but you know, I went to Tramia the week before, so my mate was messaging me through the week and said, asking if I fancy going to the uh, Man U game. It's like, well, mm, not really, uh, and I'm kind of glad they didn't because it wasn't the best outcome for them either, was it? I must admit, though, that the one game over the whole weekend that had me interested was Tramia around to, to United, yeah. and then the pictures came out earlier that day, the, the state of the pitch, and there were people brushing water off it and. I was thinking, oh, this is perfect. This is Tramier. I've got a good feeling Tramier are going to win. And then, th- did you see the game? No. The first five minutes, Tramier just looked like it was set up because you were pumping balls into the box. Um, United looked shell shocked. Phil Jones was caked in mud after about two minutes and looked like he didn't fancy it at all. And then, basically, every time Man United kicked the ball, it ended up in the top corner. Yeah, so Tramia, uh, you know, they, they went the on the, the Thursday night, was it, or the Wednesday night? They managed to uh, to beat Watford to go through to, uh, in the replay to get this, uh, you know, coveted uh, draw against Man U, and then yeah, six nil. Um, this this is quite an an Everton style transfer. This uh, thirty seconds ago, we talked about getting a transfer to a Barcelona podcast, and now it appears I'm on a Tramia Rovers podcast. 
I'm on loan yeah. to the air. Uh, we're, t- uh, we're doing our best to talk about any club apart from Everton on this since we've been back. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's not been that much happening this week, so we've got we've got to fill the time somehow. Um, so you sent me some notes before. Once again, the most professional Everton podcast out there. We've got notes. So where do you want to start? Well, I was just thinking about a general chat, really, about, you know, it's gave us a little bit of a week or so, hasn't it, to look back on the season in general for the Blues um, and, you know, how you think it's gone. Obviously, it's been, I would say, a disappointing season and a season of much change. You know, managers going, caretaker managers, um, a big surprise as, as the new gaffer. Um, someone you, we wouldn't have predicted at the start of the season. Um, so, I mean, what's your thoughts? You know, where do you think we are as a club at the minute? And I don't just mean just performances. I mean, going forward, where do you think we are? I don't know. It's easy to look back in retrospect, isn't it, and think, uh, oh, we should have done that, we should have done that. I think, looking back, Marco wasn't right. And we knew he wasn't right a number of weeks before. Uh, so we possibly could have pulled the trigger on him a little bit earlier, but there was then those concerns about, you know, if he didn't get through that derby game, uh, then the, the the fixtures that we had coming up were just too uh, too difficult, too demanding uh, for another manager to come in and have that to be it's like a you know you know coming into something like that. There's too much pressure, so. The talk was that they'd keep him on to see how we did in them, and it was like a you know low, no lose situation if we kept on losing, so to speak. I just wonder though if we'd have had a little bit more foresight, if we could have pulled the trigger on him a little bit earlier to get the feel good factor around the club. Maybe Dunk had another couple of games in charge. I don't. I, I just wonder where we might have been then. I don't think we could. We wouldn't have got Ancelotti, would we? Because obviously he would have still been at Napoli. But if Dunk have had, had, have had an extra couple of goes, maybe. But maybe maybe that's exactly where, where we needed to be to get Ancelotti. So it's difficult to look back on that. Ultimately disappointing, though. If you think about the promise we had, we spent years and years and years wanting loads of money to spend. Then we finally get loads of money to spend. You know, a lot of other clubs have got loads of money to spend as well, but we've, we, we've invested heavily. And it's been nothing but, you know, disappointment since. So, yeah, I'd go with that. Disappointing. But on, in reality, if you look at it, we're on 30 points. And we're three points off eighth. And uh, four points off fifth. It's mad. Yeah, I mean, I know. And we, we've mentioned this over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, the league this year, I think, is just, in general, I'm not just talking about Evan, I think it's just a really weird year where, you know, no one other than the obvious is particularly doing well. Um, no one's particularly doing terribly. Uh, I know, obviously, you look at Norwich, you look at Wofford. Wofford in particular, you'd probably expect them to be higher up the league. But um, but I just think it's just one of those, it's just a bit of a, a weird season. So, I'm not overly disappointed in where we are in the league, um, even though I would have expected us to be to be a lot higher. Um, I think my biggest disappointment this season has been been our performance in the cups. 
Um, obviously, the, the, the FA Cup final match, which we, we mentioned before, you play Liverpool kids, you know, you should be winning that comfortably. Um, but I think my big, really, my biggest disappointment, I think, has been the League Cup because if we'd have got through that game at Leicester, I mean, I watched the semi final last night, Leicester Villa, and, you know, Villa put Leicester out and Villa are now at Wembley in the final. That so easily could have been us. Yeah, that, that uh, is and then, and then you and then you one game away then, all right, you know, you're playing City or United in the final. Um, you know, more than likely gonna be City after the first leg. But in a one off game, you never know, do you? You you could you could you know, Wigan beat City a few seasons ago. Uh, and we're miles better than Wigan. So in a one off final that's anyone's game. So potentially we could have had a piece of silverware there and a piece of silverware we've never won before and which could have been a bit of a kickstart. So Oddly, I think that's possibly my biggest disappointment this season that we didn't get through that tie at home to Leicester. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that. It's uh, the way we went out as well. We battled back from two 0 down. Bainsy scored a screamer. Bainsy almost always, almost always missed the reliable from the spot, and he's one of the ones who missed. It was the most Everton of Everton things. We can say that a lot, but it was one of the most Everton. Uh, things that you could have done and we, we've had that a couple of times in the past few weeks haven't we because the Newcastle game was the most Everton of Everton turnarounds as well so yeah I agree that was very disappointing the Liverpool one it was a given as soon as we missed the, those chances in the first half we just, we, we're just not going to get anything from there and it needs a massive change in personality before we start going there and getting something and we're not ready yet and it needs someone to really, really go in there. I probably need some sports psychologists or something to go in there because there seems to be a massive... Every time every time they go there, they shit the bed. <laughs> so, so um, yeah. Do you think they should just do what like they used to do with BA in the 18 and just t- pretend, not tell them that they're going and yeah. then knock them out with a bit of milk or something? Yeah, hide just, the fish. And then they wake up and they're on the pitch and they haven't really thought about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That- yeah, that, 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 that might work, yeah. Um, I know the last thing we like to talk about on this podcast is is them over the park, but um, I think we mentioned before, you know, they, they've gone on in the FA Cup there to, to obviously draw against Shrewsbury um, the other night. Um, and now I think you wanted to mention, didn't you, about, you know, Klopp's reaction to that and it's going to it's gonna impact on his little holiday he's got planned or something. He's probably going back to, Tamper with the kids or something, and uh, you wanted to mention that. Yeah, I I I thought this a little bit at the time. It was a psychological, uh, bit of, a bit of psychological warfare against Everton when he picked the kids, and I think it was a it, that that was a little bit of showing us a little bit of disrespect, and ultimately it worked uh, because our our bottle went. And they, they they ended up getting the victory. Uh, he wasn't as vocal about that as as he has been since the the, the end of the Shrewsbury game, where he said he's not even going to manage, and uh, not one first team member is going to be available. So I know I'm looking at this through. I know our podcast called Not Bitter Just Better. I am looking at this a little bit through blue tinted glasses. And but I, I know in 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 um, in basketball and in American football there's like a mercy rule and there's other th- there's, there are other rules in place that state you've got to play you know your full strength squad so I was having a little 
Um, I, I remember this coming up on Hol- uh, Ian Holloway uh, did it with uh, either Blackpool or QPR a number of years ago, and he said he'd take the hit on a fine because he had to play two games in what three days, and ultimately is uh, it, the survival in the league is the most important thing. So he went away in one game to, you know, whoever was top of the league at the time. And he thought, we're not getting anything from that anyway. I need my players for the upcoming game. And they got a fine for that. Klopp has openly come out and said, the first, uh, the, you know, the, the, no first team player is going to be available. And he's not going to pick the side. So I was looking at the, uh, the FA rules because I had nothing better to do this week with no Everton. Um, this is, uh, the rules of the FA Cup state that each team participating in a match shall repre- represent the full available strength of each competing club. The purpose of such a rule is clear. The integrity of sport and competition is of vital importance and one of the primary objectives of a sports governing body is to ensure that matches arranged under its auspices are fairly fought. This helps to guarantee the property of spectacle and protects against the pernicious influence of match and spot fixing. Are you asleep? <laughs> well, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it's the more. Uh, and then, as a result, similar rules are common across other football competitions. And then it says similar stuff for the league. Uh, they're, so, in, they're interesting fellas at the FA, aren't they? You know, yeah. You're but, sitting down right now. But I think you read all that, but the, the get out to jail card there is in pretty much the first line when it says you must play your available strongest squad or team or whatever it was. Because how do you deem somebody available? If, if if Klopp go, says, uh, well, you know, Salah, Mane, Van Dijk, they're all not available because they're all tired or they've got muscular fatigue or something, then that's, his, that's, that's that, isn't it? They're not available. Okay, so he can say that. But if you say that for, what, 14, 15, 18 players from that first team, then it's, it's, it looks dodgy, doesn't it? I know this but you, you, you could say that, though. You could say they played 55 games or however many games or 60 games this season already. They're all knackered and they all need a break. I just think it's, it's just it's, it's, too, it's too woolly, isn't it? It's like saying, saying Everton, when we, play, when we played them at their place, uh, you know, why did we play Jordan Pickford in goal? Because... Surely we've got a better keeper than him. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's open to interpretation, isn't it? And I just think, you know, that, listen, what I can't get my head around with them this season is they, I can't believe I'm saying this, they have actually got a chance here of possibly having the best season of any, of any club ever. Because everybody looks back and says, you know, what was the best season? And it'd be the treble winning side, wouldn't it? For, United, I think it was yeah. whenever it was, 2000 or whatever. Um, Liverpool could do that treble this season. They could win the league, they could win the Champions League, win the FA Cup. They could win the league without ever getting beat, you know, on a record number of points and all that. So they could potentially. And, and, you know, if I was me, I'd want to, I'd be thinking, well, what is it, three or four extra games in, in the FA Cup? We've already pretty much won the league. Why don't we just go for it? Like, who cares? I hope they don't win anything. Yeah, I just, I just going back, just going back to the, the the rules on this though. You're saying, you know, that he can say they're tired or fatigued or whatever. But if you're say, if you if you've got a player who's called up for international duty by the FA or by whatever relevant FA, 
and you say that player's tired, it's tough shit. That player goes on international duty unless he is uh, classed as actually injured. But even then, the FA can overrule and get him to report international duty and then have him seen by their physio. So it's not it's not something that's uh, you know out of their control. Yeah, but the FA can't start you know doing fitness tests on a squad full of players because then you're basically forcing you're basically picking a side for someone. I know. Because what... even if even if he passed the fitness test, he could say, you know, right, okay, you've got to play Salah, he's fit, and he could say, and then Clock would just come around, could just say, well, tactically, I don't think that's what is right for this game. I want to play be goalkeeping coach on the right wing. Yeah, that's very you know. different, isn't it? That's very different than saying, I'm not going to pick the sides. I'm going to let my assistant do it. And no first-teamers are available now. So he can't use that defence then, that the players are tired or fatigued or injured or stuff like that. The fact that he's been so vocal about it spits in the face of the rules. I, I just think he could have done it a lot more cute, been a lot more cute about it, got to the game and then had that put in place. But because of the arrogance of the man and that club, they just the rules don't apply anyway. And it, clearly the rules don't apply. I, I don't even remember Alex Ferguson. Correct me if I'm wrong. When they started that, when and with, when Man U used to, they were one of the first teams to do it, and they were wrestling. Well, they actually dropped. They dropped out of the FA Cup one season. Remember, where that year they played in the World Cup Championship, they just never even entered it. So, uh, you know. Again, I thought, why am I def- why am I sitting here defending Liverpool? You know, at least they're in it, even if they're not really that bothered. You know, but anyway, yeah. Like I said, who cares? I hope Shrewsbury battered them. I hope they do as well. And uh, just going back to you saying about the quality of the league, that's can we take any solace in the fact that they're probably going to walk the lead this year? But it, it it is everyone saying it. It is the weakest league campaign that. There's been in in you know well I would say the weakest Premier League season that there's ever been. I don't know if we could take solace in it because you know, ten years down the line, fifteen years down the line, who's going to remember that? It's just going to be their name on the the, the history books, isn't it? But I'm certainly that is what I will be using just to try and get a little jibe in because there's not, not many little jibes left at the minute, is there? I know, and we can take solace in the fact that VAR have uh, had the help in hand, but they are, I mean, you know, 16 points ahead with the game in hand, aren't they? It's just, uh, it's just depressing. It's really depressing, and I don't even think even uh, even they can blow it this time. No, no well, I was, I was going to ask for some predictions, what you think, for the rest of the season panning out. So we may as well start with the league. Have you got them down to win the league? I don't, I don't see I how can't you can. I can't bring myself to see it. I'm predicting City. I'm just not going. Can't even say it. <laughs> so I'm not going to predict. I'm not going to predict that. I, I, I just, I don't think. I don't see how you can't back them. Uh, but I'm not going <laughs> to. I've, I've got. I've got to be honest. I, I can't see. I don't even see them losing this season. I don't see them losing the game unless we can really step up at home and play the air raid sirens and maybe even get some like. Bomb, Lancaster bombers and Spitfires to fly over the ground and blow them up or something, you know. Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Hopefully, I'd, I'd love that. You know, if they, if they look like them, they're not going to lose a game and then we're the only team to beat them all season, that would give us a little bit of something to throw like back Kevin in the faces. Kevin Keegan there, I'd love that. I'd love it. 
<laughs> but, yeah, um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the less said about the league, the better, isn't it? Because I think we're both sort of accepted the fate. Luckily, I'm out of the country in the end of May. So, can you see movement uh, in the top four? City, Leicester and Chelsea. Um, City will finish second easily. Leicester, no, I think the top four will be the top four. I think uh, Leicester has looked like they're dipping a little bit at the minute. They've, they've very much tailed off the last few games. They looked poor in that semi-final last night against Villa. Um, maybe Leicester might drop off a little bit. Um and then you've got a bit of a wild card, you know, Spurs or even a United might sort of scrape in. Um, but no, I, if I had to, if I had to put money on it, I'd say the the four that are up there, and I'll be the four who finish in the the Champions League places. So you've got Leicester on forty eight points, and United and Tottenham uh, on thirty four. I think they might slip down into fourth. I can't, you know, if, if how long Vardy going to be out for? Not really. He, played, he came on as sub last night. Did he? Yeah, the pilot, he thought it was a hamstring injury, didn't he? But it was actually oh, yeah, he, yeah, had, right. he had a sore ass. Apparently, it, <laughs> they described it as a glute injury, which is a sore ass. Well, he's a pain in the ass, isn't he? Well, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So if so if he, if he, if he's not out as out for as long as they thought, then maybe they won't drop off as much, but. I can't see. I can't see how uh, Man U might catch Chelsea or Tottenham might catch Chelsea on 40 points. The, the, the next club down, 34 points. Wolves, then Sheffield United, 33. They're not going to catch. They're not, they're not going to win eight points more than those top four, are they? No, I don't think so at all. What, what about the other end of the table? Uh, do you know what? I weirdly, I saw. It's going um, to take something massive now from I, I saw the other day. What was I watching? Sunday supplements I was watching on Sky. And they basically asked one of the journalists this question. Who do you think is going to go down? And he said, well, you know, I think obviously Norwich are doomed. He said, I think Watford will go down. And then he started going, I'm not too sure about the other one. And he was like, hmm, I think Villa will be okay. I think... Everton will probably just be okay. I was thinking, you cheeky get, we're not down here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> There's about seven teams underneath us. Why are you bringing us into it? But, you know, as you say, the, the league's so compacted, you just never know. But um, I think I think Norwich definitely. Um, Bournemouth, Bournemouth have been awful lately. Awful. And every time I've watched them, they just don't look like they've got a win in them. Uh, and then you're looking at Watford, West Ham, Villa, Brighton. Um, I think it's going to be out of them. I think everyone up from Newcastle will be safe, will be fine. I've got a sneaking suspicion it might be West Ham. I'm going to go yeah, West so Ham, West Ham, Bournemouth and Norwich. If 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 Moisey might manages to pull off a miracle tonight, then we're going to look very silly tomorrow with you saying that. But it's not going to happen, is it? Well, yeah, they're playing the shite tonight, aren't they? But I, I, I couldn't see them getting anything there. Um, I think West Ham are linked with uh, a lad from. I went to see Slavia Prague earlier this season when I was out in a, in in the Czech Republic, um, and I watched them at home to some random team from from out there, and 
Uh, I must admit, what they, they won about they won four 0 I think. Uh, but nobody stood out in that game. But now West Ham are linked with one of their central midfielders for like thirty million or something. They certainly didn't have a thirty million pound player on that pitch when yeah. I saw them. Um, so West Ham are in a bit of a desperation mode at the minute, I think. Yeah, I've got a game in hand over the others, but as as we just said, the game in hand is against the shite tonight. So um, it's not looking like they're, they're, they're going to have anything from that. But we, we could be wrong. Uh, they're, they're on the same amount of points as Bournemouth and, and uh, Watford. Uh, only goal difference, keeping them out. Uh, yeah. Bournemouth, they were in free fall. They managed to get a decent result in the last outing, didn't they? Uh, I can't even remember. It's been, cause it was two weeks ago now, and it wasn't Everton, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, Possibly. I mean, if Watford's at the weekend. We've got, we'll talk about our uh, our visit to Watford at the weekend. They can take a massive uh, step towards safety if the... But, I mean, the 17 points are six points off. So, uh, it's, it's going to be tricky, isn't it? Um, what about... So, the Cups... Uh, well, I think City, City for the League Cup, and then FA Cup. You know, the, you start looking at that draw that happened this week, and all of the the big names are still in there, really. Um, I'm gonna go for a bit of an. Well, I wouldn't say it's an outside choice, but I fancy Spurs for the FA Cup this year. Yeah. Um. So, if they. If they manage to get through, it's Chelsea, isn't it? Chelsea get the winner of Shrewsbury and Liverpool. Is that right? Yeah, Chelsea, yeah. at Chelsea, yeah. So it, would he play the kids then? I think he'd have the I think, he, I think he probably would, yeah. You know, yeah. I think he would. I can't say. I don't think they'll, they'll win the FA Cup. Um, obviously, especially once the Champions League gets started again. Uh, I think they've got a fairly tough draw in the Champions League. I'm the Atletico Madrid, so... Uh, you know that's that's not a gimme, is it? Um, so yeah, I say hopefully they win nothing. But it, I think going back to Everton now because this is an Everton podcast. Um, yeah, not, you know, not a Slavia Prague one or a West Brom or a Tranmere or the shite. It's an Everton podcast, yeah. It is, yeah. I, I still think you know if you'd ask me where we were going to finish start of the season, as I said, seventh. I still think we'll finish between seventh and tenth. I think. The way the season started off, I mean, you you you, you probably would have taken tenth, wouldn't you? The way it was looking. Now, how bad it's been and how much we've turned it round in the past six games or so. I, I yeah, I'm I'm quite optimistic now, but I still think another few teams can still come good there. But if you look at those look at those teams, there's a know, question for you that I never thought to ask. Go on. Yes or no? At the end of the season. Do we finish higher than Sheffield United? Well, that's what I was just—I was just looking at that, you know. So we're three points behind Sheffield United. Then, you know, Wolves have had a great season. They're seventh. Sheffield United eighth. Something's got to drop for Sheffield United soon. Southampton uh, in ninth. Arsenal in tenth. I think Arsenal still got—you know—Arsenal are Arsenal, aren't they? If Arsenal finish tenth, you know that is—that's a shocker. Palace. Yeah, they've signed the centre half today, haven't they? And I think you know, at the minute, saying that they're our main rivals for uh, for James Rodriguez as well, who we mentioned a couple of times the last few weeks. So they they are looking to bring some probably Arteta type players in. Use it. Do you think they're using the Arteta money? He might have taken the Arteta money with him, yeah. 
I wouldn't be happy with that. Well, mm-hmm. to be fair, be a good swap that, wouldn't it? If if they got the Arteta money, we got Usmanov's money from them. So you yeah. you, you would take that as a swap. So I, I need I need to give a prediction. I think we're going to finish eighth again. Yeah, I don't know why that eighth is the position that, that I think as well. If I if I had to put an actual figure on it, it would be good if we could push on and get. Uh, I a lot of I've seen a lot of people saying about um, they don't want Europa. I think with a manager like Ancelotti, you've got to be pushing towards Europa and then taking the next steps from that, building the squad, getting us back on the European stage. It's not like having Davy Moyes or Mar- uh, Martinez uh, in in Europe. It's it's Ancelotti for fuck's sake, you know what I mean? So it's I, it's a long way to go. But you know, if we play in the playing those clubs around those positions, those mid-table six pointers can suddenly become where we're going. You know, European six pointers, couldn't they? So eighth, but with a good push. I'd, 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 yeah, I'd, you'd have to be looking at six to be guaranteed Europa, wouldn't you? So, yeah, I think that might just be a little bit a, a step too far. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Well, it's still it's still looking more bright than it was, you know, six weeks ago. So, at least you know, at least we're, we're recording now and not then. Yeah, we've got another. I think coming up though, we've got another spell of a, a run of tough games, haven't we? I think we've got another two two games that you know you look at on paper and you think, oh yeah, they're fairly winnable. Uh, and then we get in a run of four games where I think we're playing Chelsea and United and the Derby at home. So uh, you know, there's a, a few dif- difficult fixtures coming up. Be interesting right, to see so where we are after I mean- them games. Yeah, we'll just leave that there. We had no game to talk about, so it was nice to have a little recap of the season, so to speak. Uh, so now we're going to be back in a sec with a little bit of Everton news. News. Okay, so as we just said before, no real, um, no reflection on the games or anything, and. Even the news has been a bit slow this week. The, the big news has just come literally in the last hour or so, hasn't it? And it is massive news. It has. I was uh, I was out having my tea and I uh, flicked on my phone to see what was happening and I saw Everton have rejected an £85 million bid or a €100 Euro bid, whatever way you want to look at it, uh, for Richarlison. Um and it, it just screams of uh, transfer windows gone by, doesn't it? You know, the probably Garner Gay this time last year, where uh, one of the big European sides are coming in for him and look like he may go. Um, and, you know, we know Everton, don't we, down the years, it, it, when we get big, massive bids for players, they generally they do tend to go. Um, I don't know how valid this is, you know, Sky are well known for maybe making a few things up during the transfer window to fill up the news channels or whatever when it's a slow news day. Um, I think there's some suggestion that it has been denied by the club. Uh, but what's your thoughts? We're getting, we're already getting the conspiracy theories rattling around. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was for Richarlison. I thought it was for Nias. I thought well, we'd had an that, that 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 would be more realistic, wouldn't it? Would make more sense, really, when you think about it. Yeah. And, I mean, and, you know, 
I think at the moment, the Barcelona's issue is Suarez is out injured, isn't he? So if you think of someone who like for like, I can't think there's anyone else who's better suited to replace Suarez than the ass. Yeah, definitely. He was a pain in the ass as well. Yeah. Um, no, just, seriously though, uh, Richarlison, uh, so this 85 million, <laughs> if we've rejected this, fine. But I put out on our Facebook before, are we going to be able to keep him at the club and basically hang on to our prized asset when you look at the shower across the park and they had a similar kind of battle for Suarez and Coutinho and it was only going to be one winner with Barcelona versus them at the time. How are we, a table, a club who are in 12th in the table, going to hang on to Richarlison if Barca really want him? Barca really want him, and it's a long-term thing. You've got to remember he's 22. Apparently, uh, Abadali, who's the director of football at Barcelona, has been interested in Richarlison for a while. There has been links before. Um, if they really want him, and it, they think he's the future of Barcelona, then we won't be able to stop him. Uh, if they come back... He, he certainly won't go now. He won't go in January. There's no way the club are going to let him go. The worrying thing is, like, as we say, we're... Garner Gay last season do we say to Barcelona come and speak to us in the summer we can't let him go now but come and speak to us in the summer and we'll reach an agreement they won't need um, him if Suarez is back there will they yeah, but that's what I mean if it's a, if it's a short term fix for Suarez then then we're safe and I don't think they'd spend 85 million quid on a short term fix anyway but yeah. if they do see him as being the future for Barcelona then we're not going to be able to stop him going. And in our position as a club, would you, you can't begrudge him, can you? As much as we want to say, no, we're not a selling club anymore. How can you begrudge a player going to Barcelona when we're 12th and struggling as a club and then Barca come in? We're, tr- we're, we're making some suggestions that we're going the right way forward. And I, I, think, I, think, I think you can begrudge him at the moment, because he's 22, we've gave we you know obviously he went to offer and then we've gave him a chance and and played him every game and you know sort of made him our main man and I don't think he's fully repaid that faith yet um, and he's got plenty of time for this big move plenty of time. I don't think he needs to go now. If he was 28, you know, and and a club like Barcelona came in for him, you'd be thinking. Do you know what? You're going to have to let the lad go because he might not ever get that chance again. If he's as good as he thinks he is, if he's as good as we think he is, if he's as good as Barcelona thinks he is, he, he will get that chance again, won't he? Um, so he's got unfinished, unfinished business in Everton. He needs I to win something. I don't think that, account, that accounts for anything anymore, though. No, but you, the, the question was, could you begrudge him? And, I, and that's my reasons for begrudging him, yeah? If he, I, yeah. You know... It's funny, isn't it? You think back to some of the transfers, like the one that always sticks out to me was Tommy Gravison to Real Madrid. Yeah. When Real Madrid come in, you know, you couldn't, you know, it was such an outrageous transfer. He's never going to get the chance to go somewhere like that again, is he? And obviously no. at his age and whatever, and, you know, and he always was one of them people who came across as loving Everton. Uh, but you'd have to let him go because you just don't get them chances. But I think Richarlison will get that chance again. 
So at the moment, I don't think there's any reason for them to move. And because what, what happens if he goes there and then Suarez get, becomes fit? He's not going to play. But what happens if he goes there and he has 10 years at Barcelona rather than, you know, going for five years at the end? Yeah, but he could have 10 years at Barcelona and for the first two years barely play. And then once you're at a club and you're not playing, you know yourself sometimes, you become, when you're out and you're playing, you can either become the best player to never kick a ball or the worst player to ever kick a ball, can't you? Without ever actually doing anything. So I just think he'd be better, you know, Keep doing what he's doing. Another couple of seasons in the Premier League. See where Everton are at the end of that. And then make his decision 24-25. Mm, my, my worry with this is, if uh, I think it's good timing for, from Barcelona. It's terrible timing for us. Because even if we do sell them, how are we going to get anyone in? But for them, they can push something in. There's still time. There's you know just over 48 hours left. There's time for him to get into training tomorrow and be like, Canel, Barcelona, you know, you know, have a little bit of a sulk. Then there's still time for uh, a little bit of movement to happen with the fee. Him to uh, put it, put feelers out from his agent to say he's not happy. Them to put out a bid of 120 million euros, which suddenly then puts it up around 100 million pounds for Everton. We've still got like, although we're 9 million, you know, in debt still, and we've 111 million loss. That is a massive chunk. And I just think, you know, a few people have commented on our Facebook today uh, in the last hour or so. Our season's over. So, I, I don't know. It's just, it's bad timing. We've we've been there before. I don't think it looks great. It's interesting as well, if you think... Most of the players we've been linked with in this transfer window have been the same position as Richarlison. You think of, you know, Everton, the other Brazilian lad, Everton. You can play on that side. I think you can play anywhere across the front, the front attacking positions. Um, uh, the lads from Inter Milan we've been linked with quite heavily in the last week. Uh, Vicino, I'll mention him a little bit later in the transfer sort of roundup. Uh, and then also, I think uh, Lozano's back in the, on, in the frame now as well. So, could that be a coincidence? Could that could, be sort of a signalling knowing that this was coming? But what I would say for Richarlison is, it, it looks to me as if he's not been the first choice for Barcelona this summer. They've been heavily trying to get uh, Rodri, the striker from Valencia. They've been knocked back on that. Um, he was their first choice. Then he then they threw the rat in the ring in the last couple of days for Bruno Fernandes, who now looks like he's agreed with United. And then it was after that that they, then this rumour about them coming in for Richarlison. So potentially he's been third choice there as, as a signing. Yeah. What I mean, if, if Everton suddenly went right, what, what what's it going to take to keep you st- uh, keep you to stay, uh, keep you there? And, and he says, well, you know, show your intention. Go out and spend whatever it takes to get Everton Suarez in. Would, would that do it? Um, I think it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't do any harm, would it? You know, I don't know how, how matey they are. Uh, I imagine they probably are. And I think, uh, you know, 
Everton this week has been he's been liking a few tweets and a few uh, other things, hasn't he? Again, fueling rumours that he could be on his way. Um, but I say, could that be a replacement rather than a, an addition? I don't know. Um, like you said before the start of the podcast, Paul uh, seems to think that it's a case of um, we know we're not really getting anyone now. So this story's been sort of leaked by Everton to say we didn't get anyone, but look what we did here. We've had a strong window because we've rejected the biggest club in the world from buying our best player. Um, how great are we? And it it makes sense, doesn't it, really, when you think about it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's interesting timing, and that is an interesting theory. Um Anyway, we can go back and forth on it. You know, if they come in later on with a, a another another bid, uh, I just I, I, just, I don't just think they will. I don't I don't expect this to turn. I don't expect this over the next few days to turn into like some sort of auction. I think I think this will go away now, but it'll come back up in the summer. That's my that's that's my opinion. The um the. What was it? Well, I can't remember if I said before or not. Uh, my worry now is, you know, we had the situation with Garner Gay last year and his head was turned a little bit and he was told he was staying at the club and then there was a dip in form, which he did recover from and then he got his move in, in the summer. Can we afford Richarlison to have a dip in I form? I think there was a great dip in form. I think there was a little bit. He did sulk a little bit. I don't know whether he sulked a little bit. Sulking, he doesn't seem like a sulky kind of player. But Richarlison is a sulky type of player though anyway. So, yeah. Um, no, so that, I don't. That's what worries me. I don't foresee any different form now. Right. Because he's got, he's got to be thinking in his head, you know, I could go there next summer or I could go the season after. However, you know, there's a lot of good players out there in my position who Barcelona could easily turn their attention to. So it might be a bit of a kick up the backside to actually, you know, push on second half of the season, show yeah. them what he's actually made of. Um. Moving on now, uh, there has been a transfer confirmed today, but it's a, it's a player out rather than a player in. Superstar Anthony Evans. Anthony Evans never really had a chance with the first team, uh, and he's joined Paderborn in Germany on a permanent deal. I know very little about Paderborn other than remember we played them in a pre-season friendly a couple of years ago. Yeah, that is <laughs> that. That's the extent of my knowledge. I think I'm fairly certain that in the the, the German version of the championship. I don't think they're tough like Bundesliga. No, I don't even know. It's a two and a half year contract. I think he only had, I think he was out of contract anyway at Everton uh, in the summer. So I can't imagine there being any fee uh, or if maybe a nominal fee possibly. But uh, good luck to the lads. He joined the exodus of young English players and now to Germany. So one player who leaves the training ground, leaves USM Finch Farm, another one returns Andre Gomez returned to training with the uh, with the squad today, or yesterday wasn't it, yesterday well, We get a bit of Russian money there for you mentioning USM Finch Farm by its full name hey, Going all corporate, yeah uh, Yeah uh, we mentioned the last couple of weeks Andre Gomez and you know we did that he was coming back to light training um, but he's actually joined in with full sessions this week um, I don't think, you know, I was going to say I don't think like Schneiderlin would have been allowed to crunch him, but I don't think Schneiderlin's got a crunch in him anymore, has he? So, um, yeah, it's got, you know, it's 
great news, isn't it? I don't know what the medical team have done with him or whether Andre Gomez is related to Wolverine or something, but it looks like a, a quick return. I still can't bring myself to look at the pictures following that injury or the, at the footage. I just can't bring myself to do it. Uh, but it was one of the worst, apparently. And I, what, 66 days after that happening, and he's back in training. He's nowhere near going to be the first. I don't even think he still might not make it back. Maybe at the end of April, May. I mean, I, do, I just think you can possibly take it as a positive that he's back training, and then just still give him the season off. You, again, you've been out. To... You've been out of five aside for longer than 66 days with a paper cut. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just keep keep uh, keep not that type of player. Uh, son away from him yeah I mean the other sick note we've got at the minute Gabamon I've, I've noticed have you seen these rumblings that he's been uh, sort of conspicuous in his absence the last week or so apparently he's been nowhere to be seen there's some rumblings that there's possibly been a bit of a reoccurrence in his injury um, that's unconfirmed rumour at the minute Yeah. Uh, we'll try and find something out for next week's podcast and see if we can See what's going on with uh, JP. Yeah, he's he's uh, he, he's just he's just on the long term list, isn't he? But he, you know the chances are he might be on the longer term list. So hopefully not. Uh, that was pretty much it though from news, wasn't it? I know that there was a, a friendly last night at City of Liverpool and Everton eleven first time Everton have faced City of Liverpool, which to anyone listening from. Uh, you know, other parts of the world. They're a local, very small, non-league side, uh, which is, they play in purple, they call the Pips, and that's like a combination of Liverpool's red shirt and Everton's blue shirt. Uh, and it's just, Bit of colour you know, theory. Bit of colour theory there. Nice one. There you go. Didn't expect that on a podcast, did you? Um, and they basically, they were a club set up by some of the older supporters who had become a bit disillusioned with the modern game and corporate football and corporate Premier League. Um, and for the first time ever, they had, they had Everton at the, the Bootle Stadium. Uh, I think it's, it used to be called the Delta Taxi Stadium, but I think it's probably sponsored by someone else now. Betty Street Garage Stadium it is, that's what it is. There you go, bit of knowledge. Um, I've gave you all this build-up to the game now. I've got no idea what sort of team we put out and I've got no idea what the score was. Oh, nice one. Half a job so, there. <laughs> well, give people something to do. They can go and look that up. See if you can find out. Let me know. Yeah, you, you let us know. You let us know once you listen. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, the only other real news. We talked about the Richarlison transfer news or rumour. Um, one one that's just uh, happened uh, today. Uh, former Everton player, James Bourne's now on loan at Tranmere. So, be good to see him uh, do well there. And the other ones uh, are... Some of the ones you've mentioned there, potential signings. And the one that we poo-pooed the idea of last week was uh, Chan. Still a, still a no-no? Still knocking around, still not going anywhere, still a big no for me. Um, yeah, I mean, the one that, the one this week that's looked the most likely was the lad I, I mentioned before, uh, Matthias Vicino, I think it'll be pronounced. Uruguayan International. Uh midfield there who can play out wide 
had a big move. Couple of, he's been in Italy for forever. I thought he was Italian. It wasn't until I sort of read up a little bit about him and realised he was he was Uruguayan. Um, he had he moved to into eighteen months two years ago. I think it was about twenty four million euros or something. So you know, fairly decent fee. Um, and he's been linked heavily with us. Um, but apparently, from what I've read today, that's that's gone by the wayside now. And, and unless it gets resurrected late on in the transfer window, uh, it's looking less likely than it was a few days ago. Um, so, so, so seen on Sky on Sky Sports News though. Uh, so Giroud was linked with a move to Inter. Now Giroud, they've kind of cooled off on that. Whether it's because they decided to keep this fella, but the, the rumor was also that. Uh, Giroud would prefer to prefer to stay in London, and also that Inter would prefer to sign Giroud in the summer for nothing. So, is that the sticking point, or they've just not? Just no, like, I don't think that's got anything to do with it. I think that's that's it's different positions, isn't it? You know, I think this, some of the other signings Inter have made this summer are more likely to to have an impact on Vecino. Obviously, they've signed Christian Eriksen last couple of days. Um, they've been on a bit of a a bit of like a shopping spree around the Premier League, haven't they? They brought Ashley Young, um, they were in for Giroud, they, they bought um, the lad from Chelsea, Nigerian lad, who's name? Victor Moses. Um, so they've, had, they've been getting a few players in. Um, but Do you think they've done a champ manager special? Champ manager special or football manager special where they've looked at players out of contract and seen who they can get on the cheap? And like sorted by date expired. They just they just, just assign the scouts, haven't they, to the Premier yeah. League, and then whoever's come up with five stars to put a load of bids in, see what he can get. Um, yeah, so you know, I think they might. I've got a feeling it's probably just a bit of a fee haggle, and that we might still go back in before the end of the window because I don't think he's going to be massively expensive. I, I think you're probably getting for about fifteen million or something. So. Um, it might happen, we don't know. The one that has popped back up today is a player who we were heavily linked with a couple of seasons ago, um, Lozano. Uh, you know, he's, he was out playing in, uh, you know, it, Brands was always linked to him, wasn't he? Because Brands took him to PSV uh, and he had a really good season at PSV. And weirdly, again, in, in the, the small world of football, he then got a move to Napoli uh, where he was with Ancelotti. Um but hasn't made a massive impact this season at Napoli. Uh, hasn't been getting much game time, so he's now getting linked with Evan. The other fellow from Napoli who linked with Evan, Alan. Not, well, there's loads of them, isn't there? We were linked with. No, not not your Alan. No. Um, too many finishes with the outside of his foot for it to be yeah. your Alan, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, now we've got yeah. There's been we've been linked with Alan. We've been linked with Insigne. We've been linked with Dries Mertens, you know, anybody who plays for... Uh, we've probably had some places been linked with Kubelai, but um, he's linked with everyone, isn't he? So, yeah, it, that's always the way, isn't it? Um, but Lozano's been one that's been knocking around for a while and, and has never seemed to go away. So, I don't know, there could be a chance for a cheeky little loan or something there if he's not getting game time at Napoli. So, he might uh, want to and, uh, keep the, the chairman might want to keep Ancelotti sweet, mightn't he? If he's uh, still wants him back. Yeah. Um, Hammers, you talked about before. It looks like it might be between us and Arsenal for the loan move. I can't I see get, it. 
I don't see, I just, again, I think it's just something for Sky to film in it with, honestly. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. So the uh, the deadline's Friday, though, so yeah. there's only what, when you listen to this podcast, there's probably 48 hours of the window left, if that, so. Yeah. In past seasons, we'd probably uh, try and get together and do a, a, cha- a transfer window special. But in other seasons, there was a lot more drama. And I'm hoping there's not going to be that much drama this time around because it could possibly only mean that Richarlison's on his way out. So, yeah, do that. I'm now wanting the window to be over rather than to sort of have a bit more time. Yeah. Uh, the only other news you've added here, Mark, is uh, about the stadium. The seats in the new stadium are going to be made from reclaimed plastic from the sea. Yeah, I've looked into this. Apparently, you're going to be sat on an old Evian bottle. Uh, and I'm basically going to have a seat made out of, do you know those little round plastic circles that hold like six packs of uh, cans together? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and my seat's going to be made out of them. Well, be nice. sound that, won't it? Yeah, it'd be good. Nice and it'd be good if there was still loads of cans of beer connected to the bottom of them. You could just yeah, break one off in the match. Yeah. That'd be nice. It'd be better, better than my seat at the moment, yeah. Um, It's one of them PR things, isn't it? You know, it's a big thing at the minute, isn't it? clear the oceans, be friendly to the planet, eat tofu, do yoga. Um, so I think it's just, you know, Everton's forward thinking and Dan Mice, he's, he's, I think he's from California, Dan Ways, they, they love all that, don't they, around there. It's better than um, recla- reclaimed shopping trolleys from the Liverpool to Leeds Canal anyway, isn't it? I would not mind sat in a shopping trolley to watch the match, that would be class. <laughs> Get in the trolley. Brilliant. Um, have you uh, just just there uh, after you've just popped in my head now? Uh, the, the WSL women, uh, the women's. I think game... you're going to say WWF then. Because oh, where's okay. this going? <laughs> the, the women's game coming up February 9th, I believe. Are you, are you in the country then, or are you? Is this the derby game at Goodison? Is it? Yeah. I know Ancelotti t- took training today for them, didn't he? Yeah. That's a nice touch, isn't it? You, are you going to go? Uh, no. I might go. I might go with the missus. We'll see. Is she playing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, news of the week. Uh, we have got a game to look forward to, so we will do that in a sec. Here are our links. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, not bitter, just better. Or you can find us on Twitter at just better EFC. Okay, match of the weekend. The Blues are back. Uh, visit to Watford, the Battle of Zedcars. Saturday, three o'clock. Yeah, Old school. Yeah, so we, we'll probably listen on the wireless, or we'll probably try and watch it on... Uh, we're not going, are we? So we'll probably try and no, watch it on... Well, weirdly, Wofford's one of those games that I've never, I haven't been away. I'm not, have you been to Wofford? No. I no, I've never been to Wofford. And I've never... I, it's just popped into me. Now, do we sing along with the Zed cars? Because usually at away games, don't we, when the teams are coming out, whatever stupid song the other team plays... We all sing Z cars, don't we? Or do the tune to Z cars. So do we yeah. still do that? But even though it's playing, uh, I guess we all. I guess the ground is in unison for that. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, Wofford are a team that we've had 
a lot of links to the last couple of years. You know, yes. from manager stealings and snake throwings and player pinching. We took Richarlison from them. They stole Delafeu from us. I say stole. <laughs> I'm laughing at yeah. that. Uh, cleverly as well. Is he still there? I don't even know. I know he went. I haven't there. heard. I haven't heard from about him for ages. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't play uh, last time round, did he? Um, I think he is still there, isn't he? In fact, fairly certain he is. He's probably just injured again. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, the story will be about Richarlison returning and getting back in the team. Uh, so he's, he's obviously missed the last couple of games. So uh, the all reports are, you know, he was he was fit again for the last match, but he wasn't risked. Uh, so hopefully he'll be back in. But does he come straight back in for Moise Keane? Uh, I think he, he he probably will. Uh, well, I don't know if it'd be for Moise Keane though. You know, potentially they could stick up. With, they could stick two up front, DCL and Keane, Richarlison one wing, Bernard on the other. I think it could it's, be in for Walcott, couldn't it? I think it's been great. It's been great this week because you've got your all. It's like you're looking at teams and it's like like actual tactics go out the window. So we're like we'll play. Uh, we'll play an attacking three of Moisey Keane on the left, Richarlison on the right, DCL up top uh, on a fourth on a four-three-three, and then we'll play. We'll also play Walcott on the right wing, and we'll play Bernard on the left wing, and we'll just have Tom Davies on his own in the middle. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, because that wouldn't get, get that wouldn't get run through. That that you know, just the protection you want there for Yeddy Meena and <laughs> so who's Michael do Keane. Yeah, who's going to do any tackling there? So it's, it was interesting. Uh, in all likelihood, that is not going to happen. I think if if they do end up sticking, going with Richarlison and um, and Keane still in the side, you probably are going to be looking at either Bernard or Walcott making way. And it could well be that Walcott uh, steps down. Um, yeah, how far is Awobi off? Um. I've not heard any sort of injury. There's not been the press conference yet, has there? So there's been no real update on injury news. As a, you know, obviously we mentioned Gomez before, but um, those players who had knocks and were out, uh, the likes of Richarlison and Anawobi, and that, I've not heard anything concrete as to whether they're definitely in the frame to play. I doubt Awobi will be st- will be fit. I think he last I heard he was a couple of weeks off still. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, what we'll say about this game is, if you we'd have played them a couple of months ago, I'd have fancied us all day, even when we were at our lowest point, because they were one of the few sides who were worse than us. Um, since Nigel Pearson's come in, I've watched them a couple of times. Um, they, they've looked a lot more solid. Troy Deeney's been back to his his bustling best, uh, you know, elbowing people and knocking people over and. Um, and doing what Troy Deeney does, um, I think it'll be a difficult game, in all honesty. Uh, We've mentioned old Jerry there. Could potentially be a thorn in our side. Uh, Depends which leg of his shorts he rolls up, I suppose, whether he plays well or not. You might forget which is his good leg and which is his bad leg. Um, So... I think it's a game we can win. I think uh, particularly if Richarlison's playing, I, I, I fancy us. Um, I wonder, what the, will they still be in a mood at us now Silver's gone? Will they still going to wave the snakes around, do you think? They've probably just waved them at Richarlison, yeah. Do you think? 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I back Everton for for a win. Uh, I think the player we have to look out for is probably for them. Every time I watch this lad, I, I think he's a good player. And then I'll watch Watford the next week and he'll be on the bench for them. That's player. Yeah. Um, you know, he always seems dangerous. He always seems to get a goal. Um, but doesn't always seem to play. It's one of them weird ones. That, you know, I don't, I don't confess to watching Watford every week. So maybe he's one of them players who looks a lot better on match of the day highlights or whatever and doesn't always give us all type thing. But um, I think he's one that needs to be watched if he plays. Um, but I think we can go and I fancy us 2 now. 2 0, 2 0 away. We'd have that, of course, all day long. Uh, Moy's keen to score again. Get your money on it. Oof. Um, just thinking about this, uh, you know, there's been a, a little bit of alternating between Sidibe and Coleman. Is Coleman first choice right back? Uh, I think it depends tactically. I think if it's a game where we're wanting the full back to get forward, to pen in their full back or to play more of a wing back type role, I think it's probably Sidibe. I think if it's a game where we think we're going to be penned in and might be more defensive, I think it's possibly Coleman. Okay, so what's, what is it this week? Um, I think we'll see Sadibi play. Okay. All right, as you all know by now, I'm a shit house and don't like to predict scores. So we'll go with your 2 0 and your man to watch. I can't remember who you said it was. Pereira or Pereira, whatever you want to pronounce it. Pereira. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, we'd have that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's it. That's it for this week. Just want to say thanks, as always, to everyone for listening. Uh, do we need to get back on SoundCloud? Don't know. We're on, we're on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. Uh, I've looked into getting onto YouTube. Still a little bit tricky for the hour-long show. Uh, bad news that, I guess... We, we had we had this week because you text me your usual doom and gloom. Uh, Kobe Bryant passing away, uh, tragic hel- helicopter crash on Sunday. That was a mad one, wasn't it? It was a mad one, and you know, obviously, Kobe Bryant's the one who's going to make the news. But there was, you know, young girls, kids on on the helicopter as well, wasn't it? Just a just a tragedy. His daughter, um, his daughter I, was, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't do helicopters. I don't trust them. I've been, you know been to a few places around the world where people take helicopters like Vegas to go to the Grand Canyon and that. Yeah, and I've just... done that. No, I don't do helicopters. Don't fancy them. Um, so, yeah, just a, just a tragedy, wasn't it? Just, it really was. Because he's one of them, someone... you know, I'm not a big basketball... You're more. You're much more of a basketball fan than me. I mean, back in the day when we were younger, you know, we went through a bit of a period and we were like basketball and NBA Jam and Whitening Can Jump and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, Jordan versus Baird, all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, so, I've, the past few years I've been following back quite closely for the LA Clippers, so the other side of the city, really, even though it's the yeah, same stadium. Yeah, so I mean, but I'm aware of it because, um, you know, I'm allowed to like sport, so I'm aware of it. And, you know, Kobe Bryant, weirdly, in about 2002, 2003, I was doing quite a bit of travelling in America and I had a Lakers jersey with Bryant on the back. Just one of those things, you know, you pick up as a, a souvenir and, you know, you wear it around the house or whatever. And so he was one of them people who sort of transcended the sport, wasn't he? Like a Michael, the modern day Michael Jordan. 
Yeah, exactly what you just said. I was just going to add that transcended the sports, more of a you know cultural icon and inspiration. So it's a nice uh, place to leave it really as a tribute to Kobe Bryant. So Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, and all those who also lost their lives so tragically. Uh, so we shall. Catch Are we going to leave it on a dull note? Are we not going to go into some other sport? Maybe talk about the Royal Rumble or something. Edge oh, is returned from injury. Oh, what a pop! What a pop for Edge. Yeah, that's that's more positive. We want to leave it on. Leave it on even. Um, he's been to the same. Drew, Drew McIntyre's probably a red shite, isn't he? So Edge been to the same doctor as Andre Gomez. Clearly, there'll be loads <laughs> of people going. What, We've just are lost. These, what are these idiots talking about here? <laughs> We've just lost all two of our fan base now. <laughs> Conor McGregor's back. It's all. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening again, Blues, and we'll catch you next week. See you later, Mark. Ta-ra, boys. <laughs> <laughs>